0: Welcome to Total Reboot for all of our new time listeners. We've been getting a bunch,
1: a bunch of new listeners at the moment, which is very exciting. It's been very exciting. The Millennium Mindfuck miniseries has captured the imaginations of many people. That is true,
0: including yours truly. Uh, I'm Cameron James and the other voice is Alexi
1: Toliopoulos.
0: Welcome yes, to our show. It is welcome, me.
1: welcome to our humble show, all about movies.
0: That's true. So, for all the first timers, uh, here's kind of what this show is. Look, it's a podcast. Yeah, get
1: used to it. Okay, yes. this ain't radio. This ain't TV. This is freaking podcast. P O D. Produced audio on demand is what Pod stands for. <laughs> and uh, what do we do, Alexi? We kind of, well, we talk about movies. We're
0: kind of we a, a twice weekly podcast. We, mm-hmm. we consider ourselves to be sort of like the video store of the internet.
1: Yeah, we're like a modern last video store that there is, where we've got new releases, where we talk about new release reviews, and then what we are diving into today is continuing what we love doing, which is our tried and true formula of a mini series discussion, where we pick an interesting topic out there in the world of cinema, could be a genre, could be something that loosely ties together a group of movies that we want to explore and talk about in our riffy, stupid, freaking way that we love to do, and this month we've been looking at millennium mindfuck movies which are movies that came out around the turn of the new millennium the turn of the 21st century that got real trippy with it kind of questioning reality and big philosophical themes in maybe a science fiction package or maybe in just a warped reality drama of some kind
0: that's right so if you're new to this podcast Enjoy this episode and we recommend going back to the start of the Millennium Mindfuck series To hear all the other ones that we've talked about we've Talked about some big movies mm-hmm. Over the last two months And uh, coming up we've got A bunch more amazing weekly miniseries
1: And also we've got some great new release reviews So if you've seen Jackass recently The Batman recently Or you want to see if Uncharted is even worth your time We've got some great new reviews Where we hang out with some of our friends Talking about the new movies that are coming out now But
0: before we get into all of that Let's sit back and enjoy today's episode Is that okay? Yeah, it's fine man Let's do it Let's do it Welcome into the dark, icky, sticky, and drippy uh, world of Total Reboot, the only podcast on the internet about movies. If you're just joining us, we are towards the end of our Millennium Mindfuck mini-series. We've been going through all the films from the turn of the century that deal with all the twisted questions of what is reality, who are we? Um, what directors are cool, which actors are awesome <laughs> 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 Stuff like that, all the kind of hardcore shit like that um, I'm Cameron James, I'm joined as always by Alexei teliopoulos how
1: are you? I'm excited to be talking about one of the most hardcore up, mind-messy movies <laughs> mm. of all time from one of the masters of being a Greek-Australian filmmaker from Sydney, Alex Proyas.
0: That's true. And you, you told me that when you found out this was a movie about strangers, you thought it was going to be about sitting in your hands so that when you... <laughs> t- <laughs> Oh, come on, guys, come
2: on, bit of decorum, all right. That's just what
0: Alexi told me. He said, oh, finally they made a documentary about my favourite pastime. Oh, this is...
2: We didn't sign up for this. We thought this was a classy (laughs) podcast about film. (laughs) Film. That's
3: how we consider it because, like, when we talk about... Film, hello, we're here from our podcast, The Weekly Planet, I guess. Well, we haven't introduced um, you yet, for good. I'm sorry, sake. <laughs> I just mean, like, because we consider ourselves very low-brow, and we're like, well, do something, let's do something classy, let's do something, yeah. like, above our station, you know what I mean?
0: I hear, I hear. Alexi, uh, can you please introduce our guest so everyone knows who the fuck
1: just talked Whoa. then? <laughs> it is our pleasure to introduce these lowbrow little dirty freaks onto one of the classiest film podcasts of all time from the Weekly Planet. Please welcome Mr. Sunday Movies, James Clement and Nick Mason. Hello. Baby, how are you doing?
2: Woo. Very well, thank you. Having a, having a great day. Uh, uh, yep, loving it.
1: Just <laughs> love and just love just love. He loving. had to check halfway through the sentence to make sure you were being accurate. I think it's
0: because it. he realized that it, it, he hasn't seen the daylight in quite some time. He can't remember the last time he saw the daylight.
2: Yes, that's right. I'm just here in my God. just here, just here in my, my my dirty dirty bathrobe getting harangued by my wife. But is she really <laughs> my wife? I I d I don't know. I don't she know. Lives in my house. I don't know. I don't and know. what's
0: with the goldfish flipping and flopping around on the floor? I don't know what's going on.
2: Mmm, mystery
3: Are you the kind of person who saves a goldfish mason Or are you just going to let that slide?
2: Ah, that's a great question Am I in a hurry to do something else? Am I going somewhere? Am I going <laughs> to the shops or something?
3: Yeah no, no, you're just going to yeah. yeah, okay You go have to, the to shops. go to
1: the shops yeah. You have <laughs> to be going to the shops oh. at some point during the day Yeah, And you got to think God. about a beach
3: That you may have been One to One of
1: the great philosophical quandaries of all time mm. Would you save a goldfish if, if you had, you had to, to, go go to go to the shops, shops that day? <laughs>
2: Yeah, I could do it. I think I could do it. You'd I do think it. I could do it. I'm I not a killer, you. guys. I'm not a killer.
0: Okay. Wow, Good to know. Okay. So yeah. we've been uh, talking about these Millennium Mindfuck movies, guys. Let me ask you a question. Uh, are you familiar with this particular genre cycle that we're talking about?
3: Oh, yeah. I mean, it was it was the era that we, when, you know, what was going to happen. What happens when the calendar ticks over? You know, what mm. happens in the year 2000? You know what I mean? And we get, you know, classic movies like The Ninth Gate, the en- End of Days with, uh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. and Gabriel Byrne. Th- those are yes. two classics which no doubt you've already covered. I'm not going to check. Oh,
1: of course. We did several episodes <laughs> yeah, on Yeah, we did a ones. multi-part episode on End <laughs> yeah. of Days.
3: But yeah, it was, a- it was a spooky, uncertain time, you know? And the movies reflect, some movies reflected that, you know?
0: Oh, uh, yeah, definitely. And were you a fan of this type of movie? You know, your Matrixes, your Existences...
4: Oh
3: yeah, this is like, this is like right in, uh, well, I am not to speak for Mason, but we knew each other then, and it was like right in our wheelhouse. You know what I mean? This is like, this is, this is edgy stuff. This is not the kind of stuff you'd see in the eighties. None of that back to the future malarkey. You know?
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep it real for once, you know? So yeah, being, being, yeah. being in our teens. Yes. And, and that was also the last time I saw, yeah, the movie we're going to be talking about today. Yeah.
0: What about you, Meso? Were you a big fan of this, uh, the brain bender?
2: I mean, I think I was, but looking over y- your uh, most recent episodes, I think for me it 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 had to be a real brain bender, but also like it had to also be very obviously like a like a sci-fi action piece. Like oh, I, d- yeah. I definitely yeah. did not see Requiem for a Dream at the time. Mm. I didn't see Mulholland Drive at the time. Because there was, there was there, looking at the trailer, there was there was no chance for, like, there to be a big finale with a big laser at the end. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah. I don't, yeah. come on. Well, yeah, someone does <laughs> you know. their
0: best kick, you know what I mean?
2: Oh, yeah. That's so yeah. true.
0: That's the one thing I've always said about Mulholland Drive is it needs more gun-carter.
1: Mm. One of the mysteries of Mahon Drive would be more exciting if there was. Oh yeah, and this guy's a fucking android, by the way. The whole time, (laughs) yeah.
3: I mean, you suspected, but yeah, no. Just to confirm, he is an android. Isn't that funny? Like Equilibrium. I mean, I know it's got like somewhat of a cult following, but it it was late. You know, (laughs) it was (laughs) it was like four years too late.
0: Hang on, which it's one's equilibrium? I don't even know that one. Christian
3: Bale, Gun Carter. Oh,
0: that's the Gun uh, Carter movie. <laughs> don't read a book and because Sean the pol- Bean, right? I, I honestly yeah. forgot the title of it. I thought it was called Gun Gun Carter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: it may as well be. Yeah, but it was all like, don't read a book if you don't acquire any kind of knowledge or use any personality. Not in this world, you know. It's one of those.
1: <laughs> I think one of the things that's so key about like you know all of us coming of age during this millennium mindfuck saga, if you will, Paul, if you'll call it that, yeah. <laughs> I think part of it, like why it sticks with like nerds like us is that there is this like inherent DVD quality to these films. Like mm, yeah. these films all feel like DVD discoveries or movies that you like a friend finds and goes, holy shit, you got to check this out. It's going to change your fucking world when you put it on. <laughs> and they're all those movies that have like a real mystery within the filmmaking itself where you have to, like, keep on watching it to unlock it. And I think this is, like, the primo DVD era for me. This is, like, DVD mm. memories unlocked for me mm. watching all these movies again.
0: Absolutely. I'm 100% with you. And, uh, and this movie in particular, Dark City, I... My confession, my deep dark confession, wow. is that I had not seen this movie. Oh, good
1: lord! Until You're not an Australian until Cameron. this <laughs> morning, I put it <laughs> until on until at nine am this morning. N- you became earlier. An Australian. I put
0: it on at eight thirty am, and I, I got to tell you, I was not looking forward to it because my only memory of this film is the poster at my local Hoyt Cinema, seeing a big mm-hmm. poster of like a grim cityscape with. Some guy in that Christ pose. Oh, um, we love that Christ yeah. pose. It is LCA. key to this mini series. Yeah. Uh, and, and I just remember <laughs> thinking like, oh geez, that looks a bit bit much for me. And then to think it's eight thirty in the morning, I've just walked yeah. to my dog
1: I've you're watching home. a Rufus Sewell vehicle uh, at 830 yeah, I'm putting
0: on a Rufus Sewell movie, for God's sake. I know, but, you're uh, going to be
3: putting on, like, a Knight's Tale, if anything, you know what I mean? Yes! <laughs> City. I
0: know. So, but I hadn't seen it. Um, but how about you guys? Give me a, let's go around. I want to hear your stories and your history with this <laughs> goddamn piece of cinema.
2: Uh, well, I saw it, I, I and I think James as well, we saw it uh, at the cinemas. Uh, wow, together? Pro- I don't think I did.
3: I think... I don't think we did see it together. I think I saw it on a DVD or VHS. But sorry, yeah, go on.
2: We saw, and I don't know what version you guys saw. We, uh, I saw the uh, the theatrical release, which, um, in terms of blowing people's minds, is not. It's not the ideal first viewing of that movie because, mm. and we'll, we'll probably get into it. The the mm. the studio apparently required that Alex Proyas put a little voiceover narration at the start that tells you what is going to happen in the movie and like reveals like the end of the first act twist which is fascinating because it's it it's kind of like if you watch the matrix and it opened with like joe pantoliano going like hey just just so everybody knows (laughs) this this we're, we're gonna see a city but the city's actually in a computer and 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 it's actually it's the future and 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 uh uh keanu's this guy and he doesn't he doesn't know yet but he will so, I actually <laughs> oh, yeah. would I think that would be awesome
0: if there was a cut <laughs> of the Matrix that you could watch that had more Joe Panteliano as like a Greek chorus. It po- <laughs> pops up and talks directly to you, like Robin Williams at the start of Aladdin and is like, mm-hmm. "Come with me into the ger- into the world of Zion." <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: That being said, I think it's did I, I think it did still blow my mind at the cinema's at the time, but the fact that there's now a director's cut that doesn't have that, mm. it 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 just it's for whatever reason it just it's just been in my mind forever of like what w- would I be a different person now if I'd had my yeah. mind blown properly by the movie Dark City in 1998 be- because I knew I knew I knew the twist already and this is what I am yeah. now
1: so I think if you had seen the director's cut first you would not be the gorgeous bearded man we see today you would be a spindly mm. bald hairless <laughs> creature with mm. nice white alabaster skin mm-hmm. underneath the gothic coats.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's probably next year. That's,
1: I've, I've, <laughs> that's the
2: next No, little... I've done it far to go, yeah.
0: And James, you say you refute the claim that you've seen it in... Yeah, film.
3: I think me and Mason wow. met, I want to say, in 99, and I think I saw this wow. after The Matrix, so I think I'd heard like, well, if you like The Matrix, here's something that, like... It's not it's as good as The Matrix, but it's kind of really like The similar.
4: <laughs> We
2: <laughs> don't know? currently have streaming services, so this is the best you can get mm. if you yeah. like The Matrix. There's nothing else like it right now, so yeah. take Cuts. what you can yeah. get.
3: <laughs> That's it. And obviously, like i I'd, I'd forgotten this, but yeah, it was the director of The Crow, and I remember being like, "Oh yeah, no, that makes sense. These cities they match up." You know what I mean? Congratulations to Alex Proyas for just building just a horrible universe that I hate being in. You know what I mean? Every, <laughs> every gross little corner and building shifting, and everyone stabbing each other in diners, or you know what I mean, or not even you know what I mean? It's just it's just yeah. very upset. Now, they didn't even build the sun in this world, you know. And that's <laughs> and even though they tell you the twist up top, which is the version I watched uh, the. You know, now, more mm-hmm. recently as well. But just little things like, yeah, has anybody ever seen The Sun? Did they even bother to do it? You're like, oh, my God, there's no sun. I hate this place.
4: <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah.
0: Alexi, what about you? I feel like we're gonna, re- you're going to reveal to us that you've seen this movie at least a dozen times, I feel like.
1: Wow. Not quite a dozen times, but I have seen it a handful. I've seen it at least as of 8.30 this morning. <laughs> When I didn't watch the movie, I did watch it last night, but I will count from as of this morning, I have seen this movie three, perhaps even four times. Um, This was a DVD discovery for me. In fact, it was one of the first fucking Blu-rays I ever watched in my life. Oh yeah. One (laughs) of the first movies I saw presented in 1080p, a beautiful format to watch, um, but it was in my DVD store days and we ha- it was one of the first Blu-rays we got, and uh, I remember watching it because one of the guys I worked with is also a Greek guy from Sydney, going like, bro, you have to watch this. It is so sick. It's like the freaking Matrix, but a Greek guy directed it. you got to (laughs) watch it. And then I remember going like, okay, awesome. So I took it out and it was like the director's cut. So I have seen the director's cut, which is why I am well known for being a spindly little creature. (laughs) Deep white alabaster skin. (laughs) Um, And I thought this was... So hectic. I loved Mm. this movie when I first saw it. I hadn't seen it for a while, but in that time, I think I watched it like a few times in that week because just going like, whoa, this is so sick. Because I was also like a fan of like um, German expressionism in my late teenage years.
4: The
0: rest of us were getting laid, dude. Yeah, you yeah, were out yeah, there yeah. looking at dark, twisted, angular
1: shadows and Dutch tilts and shit. <laughs> I'm sitting there going, "Oh shit, this is like Fritz it's <laughs> fucking shit up right now, dude." <laughs> at the Millennium, man, this is fucking awesome. I, I would give credit to this
2: movie. This this movie is the only movie that is like a noir detective movie and also Metropolis and also yeah. Akira at the end. Mm. Just yeah, there, like, yeah that's just, true. just throw it all together. Yeah. Now,
1: can I can I Tim ask you, Alexi, Batman comes mighty close
2: to that description, yeah, it really but does. just a little off. Um, Alexi, is there is there a certain amount of pride in the Greek community for Alex Proyas and his, and his assorted
1: works? I certainly have a lot of pride for Alex Proyas. I've happened to met the man a couple of times oh, myself. Wow, really? he's, he's awesome. He's like this giant egg. He's like this big guy. <laughs> And he's got this visionary yoke floating around in that head of his that I just want to crack open and slurp up. Um, I love iRobot. I love that mm. he, I love his music videos from, like, the 80s, mm. uh, like mm. Don't Dream It's Over by yep. Crowderhouse. Yep. One of the best music videos. Oh, he
3: did? Th- I didn't know that.
1: Wow. Yeah, he is so sick. And he also, I would love his movies. I've actually never seen The Crow. It's the only movie of his yeah, that me that I've neither. never seen. Too, too scary. The, <laughs> too freaky. The behind the scenes.
0: Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, the behind the scenes mm. is too scary. If you know what I mean
3: I Oh absolutely And look if uh, As someone who, We recently We rewatched The Crow Yeah it is a bit scary Maybe just uh, <laughs> Steer clear of it You know what I mean Maybe yeah. stick to Garage Days His other classic uh... I love Garage Days <laughs> Love
4: Garage
0: Days <laughs> I'm actually in the back of a shot In Garage Days What? Are you? How you never told me this Were before? you at the big day out? It's at uh, at Homebake When they, they run on stage oh, that, yeah. mm. They run on stage At a music festival And do a song I'm near the front row, because I can't... What the fuck? Yeah, I Okay, you're I know Flacco we're talking about Dark City. <laughs> what,
3: what, did they, what did they tell you when they were filming that? What happened? Uh,
0: someone came out and said, we're filming a thing from a movie. So, <laughs> so, just, like, be really into it. And so, everyone was just really into it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but also, I think it was, like, in the middle of... It was really early in the day. It was, like, 11 in the morning or something. Mm-hmm. And so, and we were, I was... Keen to watch The Living End or whoever the fuck it was going to be That was about to be on stage
2: At 11am so, it would have been Super Heist It would have yeah, been Super yeah, Heist at right. am would oh, Super, super heist. heist Maybe
1: The
0: wow. Vines if
2: this
1: is
0: the yeah, a but, Vines wow. days. yeah uh-huh.
1: Cameron you love a little bit of Proyas in the AM it seems Yeah so
0: <laughs> I, Well it's time that I reveal to you guys That I finished this film uh You know 15 minutes before we started recording this I started it on a negative note It's a gritty, grimy, drippy, icky little world And mm-hmm. I finished it related I was <gasps> in the sunlight bathed in the glory wow. of the pier of shell beach I fucking loved this movie I thought it was Whoa. sick I loved every second of it I wanted it to go on for longer I liked it I like it more than the Matrix sequels Oh Whoa. my god Yes even this- the latest Matrix movie <laughs> Even the <laughs> Matrix Four, yeah. Wow, I really, I really, really enjoyed this flick. Holy shit! I, I can't believe it. <laughs> what did you predict that I was not going to be a fan?
1: Absolutely. I thought you would have <laughs> hated this movie because it's so drippy and like weird. And I don't know. Sometimes you, when it's like a movie that is so stylish that mm. the substance can be hidden. I think you automatically have the freaking, like, <laughs> you know, you've got your arms up ready to fight it.
0: Yeah, I know. But I think it's come along at the right time. We just watched, uh, guys, we just watched uh, 12 Monkeys a couple of uh, days yeah. ago. So uh-huh. I'm, in, I'm in Gilliam mode. And um, mm. maybe I'm a little bit ready for this type, of, type <laughs> of stylized shit. You know what I mean?
2: This this is this is this is more pre, pre, uh, this is more pedestrian, I think, than than anything like Terry Gilliam. Like this is this is more of a straightforward action anything. Like it's sort of Brazil esque. Mm. But you you guys yeah. were very kind enough to offer us a choice between Dark City <laughs> and and uh, Twelve Monkeys. And we are we are very staunch anti-Gilliam <laughs> over at the Weekly Planet. I, that's true, that's I, true. I like, um I'm, maybe I'm 50-50. I like the adventures of Baron Munchausen, but mm-hmm. oh boy, Gilliam, it's too, there's too much symbolism. Yuck. <laughs> Ugh. Ugh. Symbolism why does that, man, cowards, why yeah. does that man have wings? Ugh. <laughs> Is he flying away from bureaucracy? Yuck. Where'd he get them? Where'd he get <laughs> them? That doesn't even Where make do any sense.
4: <laughs> Ugh.
3: So you're saying though, in, in the lead up to Dark City, like you watching 12 Monkeys was the was the sitting on your hand till it was numb to then watching <laughs> this
0: movie. Is that, is that what's happened here? This is not that kind of show, guys. We oh, don't sorry, we I make gags like that. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> this is a classy film show. Hey, do we want to dive in and just actually discuss
1: this goddamn oh, yeah. flick? Oh yeah, please. Let's get into it. A woman searching for her husband Are supposed to be my wife? Finds him searching for himself. What is happening here? Who are they?
4: This
3: city, everyone in it is their experiment. They mix and match our memories as they see fit.
1: Now, they must uncover a terrifying mystery I don't believe it ever happened. Of who they once were Someone just wants us to think it did. From the director of The Grove. Dark
0: City. Dark City from the year 1998, directed by Alex Proyas. Alexi, you found a synopsis somewhere on the deep dark internet. Read it out to us and we'll decide whether we love it or hate it. How do we rate it? It's love that log line.
1: <laughs> Yay. <laughs> well, this one is from IMDB, and it's submitted by user Chris Macrosahoulos. And this is what he says. There's a lot of Greeks talking about this movie. Yeah, what's going on? (laughs) I think this might be a cult movie in the Greek community. Maybe (laughs) Alex Proyas, we just absolutely love him, and no one's admitted, like, yeah, yeah, he's our filmmaker. Fuck George Miller. We love Alex (laughs) Proyas. (laughs)
3: This is, it's the Greek trilogy, isn't it? It's this, and then it's Wogboy Boy One, and then Wog Boy Kings of Mykonos. Yes. The trilogy, of course, right?
1: That's yes. it. It's about to be a, a tetralogy. We've got a fourth one. coming oh, That's out. true. So, <laughs> Wogboy Boy Three is in production currently, <laughs> and this is what Chris Macrosopolis has to say about Dark City. John's life has become a nightmare. He is hunted by the police for a series of murders he knows nothing about. A woman who claims to be his wife is after him, and so is a mysterious doctor. That's in quotations. Hmm. But his worst trouble is the strangers, a series of vastly powerful beings who seem to manipulate just about everything in the city and want him because of the extraordinary powers he manifested. John decides to find out what is happening in his city. Why is it always night? And why can nobody <laughs> tell him a way to leave the city?
4: <laughs> yeah, look, I rate
1: that. I think that's
0: that's yep. fair. That's totally that's totally fair. I was going to say that how he went doctor, like
1: in <laughs> I the like comments, because it's like
3: makes you go, oh, what's that? Oh, okay. Yeah, you're yeah. like, hang <laughs> on a <laughs> minute. Yeah.
1: Is this guy actually a freaking doctor? Yeah, and that's yeah, go. that's
3: what I'm saying. Yeah,
2: <laughs> and I appreciate that he didn't just uh, with a lot of these log lines, he didn't just straight up spoil everything he didn't just go and then yeah. there's a big pitch battle at the end in the sky and then yeah. he goes to the, I know, let the movie cool. do that let mm, the
3: movie do yeah. that in the first
2: minute
1: yeah let the spoilers come from the freaking movie for a change okay all well, <laughs> so I- these I- little guys writing things online
0: speaking of i just want to say thank you meso for giving us the heads up that the um the current version of this up on netflix is the theatrical cut not the director's cut so yeah. I did. I took your advice and I ignored the first five minutes of the movie. I just muted my TV until we got to the point where Rufus Sewell wakes up in the bathtub, and I assumed if I was to start the movie, this is where I would start the movie. Wow, a
1: guy, a ne- self stylized director's cut. <laughs> <part>. We <laughs> love it. I gave my own
0: cut, like Topher Grace, the, the Topher Grace cut, and. Um, <laughs> Yeah so I was like I'd probably start it with a naked guy waking up in the bathtub in this matrix room and mm. um and that's when I started the movie and I think you you're right because I didn't know any of this I after I finished it I went back and listened to the opening crawl uh. and it's a pain in the ass to hear that shit it's like right it's so it's such a weird choice and mm. it shows like a real lack of faith in from the studio going like oh we need to tell them there's aliens in this, and and the aliens are like uh, harvesting human be- human beings for their brains and their memories or whatever the fuck. So dumb,
2: it mm. is dumb. Start with a bum. That's what you should always start with. <laughs> That's how you know this is a little bit arty.
0: Don't be able to with, <laughs> <laughs> with a bum.
1: Some of the cracking a guy's asshole. That's how you got to show a movie off. But I think like the- it almost gets away with it, and I think that. Because I've never seen it with that little monologue at the start Describing Uh what the whole movie is going to be about And I think in 1998 Pre-Matrix Pre-any movie being weird basically uh, (laughs) to, To just be very direct about it I think that at the time Anyone watching a movie in the first two minutes is like Okay, what's all this about? And they don't even understand, like, what that, like, cryptic words coming at them mean with, like, the strangers are these aliens and stuff. They're, like, going, well, I don't know what they are. I'm looking at a blank screen. I don't know what that shit is that they're talking about. Mm, And so when you get to the stranger, you go, oh, it must be those guys. Yeah. And I think that, obviously, the movie's better without that monologue at the start. But I think in 1998, where people, a studio can't trust a guy to make something this weird, this big... They will go, like an audience. Also, just doesn't even let it sink into their head mm. either. Mm. What? What? Uh,
4: what?
2: What do you think of people pre two thousand, Alexi? What do you think their? How do you think their <laughs> brains think worked? <laughs> mm. I think they're freaking dragging their knuckles walking around yeah. the cinema.
0: Yeah, you you call it Neanderthalic, <laughs> Neanderthalic <laughs> times.
1: Yeah, I don't think anyone truly became human as we know it today until The Matrix premiered. Oh, That's That's when I believe everyone switched on and they're Mm, like, okay, I understand humanity, I get philosophy, I'm actually a full human being now. Before that, everyone's freaking living in their gooey tub, performing (laughs) as a battery for some machine (laughs) somewhere. Matrix comes out, everyone gets it. Everyone's on the same level at that point. Exactly.
3: It was all Michael Bay's Pearl Harbor. (laughs) And then the Matrix <laughs> yeah, changed yeah, everything. Yeah. You know, if I had to pick two movies that you know amplified <laughs> up that, <laughs> yeah. but
0: I think uh, I I think it's a really stupid choice to start the movie with Kiefer Sutherland. Um, I, yeah. I like Kiefer, and I guess
3: <laughs> okay, I, I thought I thought this was a personal gripe. I, I think like it's stupid him. to to start a movie with. Kiefer I think Sutherland.
0: he's <laughs> a great actor, and possibly he was uh possibly he was the biggest like star. In the film yeah. at the time Yeah But he's also playing like this little Freaking Igor Frankenstein's yeah. assistant Motherfucker yeah. And he's like It starts the movie And it's his creepy voice Which is already like t- Terrifying Like I am but a humble man And I work for the aliens And blah 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 <laughs> And then we see yeah. him And he's got this prosthetic eye And he's all hunched over And scrabbling about In the muck yeah. And um And I was instantly turned off Like god This movie's gonna suck <laughs> Who's I, I went to I creep? went
2: I went to Rufus Sewell's IMDb page and under dis, like it, it was like distinguishing quirk or something and it's like lazy eye and yeah. and can you imagine being Rufus Sewell and going to set on this the first day and you meet Keith Sutherland and, and producers like look I've turned him into an absolute freak with his bung <laughs> eye look at this. <laughs> Can you imagine anything creepier than if one of your eyes is closed slightly more than the other eye? Imagine it. Yuck.
0: So true. That's so true. Fuck. He must have just been like, are you fucking kidding me, dude? (laughs) It's my thing. Plus, I'm a hunk. You know? Yeah. He's
2: Have you hunk. seen him recently? Did you guys see him in the beach that makes you old? He's looking yeah, incredible I in that. I loved him in old.
1: He, he looks looked good, gorge. Man. My yeah. God. Popped the top him. off in every movie, I reckon, yeah. <laughs> Rufus.
0: I haven't seen him in that, but I watched The Holiday recently where he plays kind of a uh, scumbag. Mm-hmm. A, a Byronic rogue of a fellow. Oh. And, and mm. he's uh, very charming in that. If I was a young lady, I'd be going, yes, I hope Kate Winslet fucks that guy. Um, (laughs) Instead of Jack Black Uh, But we're not here to talk about the holiday We are here to talk about Rufus Sewell in Dark City Look, I think he's awesome I think it's a, like um, The main thing I knew about this movie going into it Was that The Matrix comes out a year later Mm -hmm. Has pretty similar plot Pretty similar tone and vibe and so you can't help but compare the lead of this movie to Keanu. And, um, I, dude, I, I didn't realize how good Rufus Sewell is. He's fucking awesome. He's a great lead. Mm. I, I, I buy him as the guy who's just woken up with no memories. And I also buy him as someone who we're not sure if he's good or bad throughout the whole movie. I think it's a really cool tightrope that he's walking. It's probably that lazy eye. I think that might be part (laughs) of it.
1: Yuck! Probably a killer. (laughs) It might be part of it. (laughs) I'd agree with you, Cam. I think that he's like plays this the kind of mystery of this movie so well because he is a bit of an unknown. He's a bit of like a cipher, the way that someone like a Keanu is. I think he's got a little bit less of that blank slate quality that we love about Keanu Mm. where you're kind of imprinting a little bit on him. I think Rufus Sewell has like this weird specificity that Mm. works so well in like this highly designed German expressionistic mm, 1940s noir world that they've created. He like plays that detective and just fits into that so well. I read that he kind of doesn't like his performance in this, but I think that it suits the movie so well. I think because he was a young actor at the time, he wanted to like branch out a little bit more and like find a character. I think it serves the movie so well especially in Preuss's big beautiful Greek hands.
2: <laughs> yeah, I I think I think yeah, you're right in the 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 idea that he is like he is taken more like that noir detective role and he is actually he's sort of like an active participant in this in this universe and he's trying to find answers whereas like Keanu in the Matrix is just like it's just stuff kind of mm. washing over him and he's like I don't I don't know about this, but uh, yeah, it's good. Yeah, I, yeah, I, it I really, <laughs> I really bought this guy as like a guy who, who he's he's lost and he needs to find answers, and he, you know, he's he's just not going to cur- curl up an a ball and and, mm. and and disappear. You know, it's maybe
0: it's you because know- he looks like an intelligent person, whereas Keanu. <laughs> <laughs> as much as we love him, you know, he doesn't yeah, yeah. he doesn't read as smart to us. We're like, oh, it's fucking true, Ted, yeah. Ted from he's Bill more and like, Ted, yeah.
3: Yeah, earnest and naive yeah. and lost. Yeah,
0: Bruce. absolutely. Mm. But Sue S- 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 like, wakes I did up a- in a bathtub and we're like, this guy's gonna try and figure out why he's naked in the bathtub, yeah, for
1: God's sake. This exactly. guy could have killed this person <laughs> in a weird manner. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: I um I did a bit of a deep dive And by deep dive I mean I am DB trivia And I saw that, I love that. Uh, Brandon Lee had talked to Alex Preuss On the set of The Crow about being the lead in this And who knows whether that is actually true But I wonder how that would have played You know I think Like you mm. said like I think Rufus Sewell is perfect And also I, like we didn't get to really see What Brandon Lee could do yeah. So I'm not saying that like he wouldn't have been able to pull it off But I feel that's like that's a different kind of movie You know what I mean
1: Yeah, that's interesting. Wow. Perhaps it leans more into, like, the blockbuster aspect of someone like Brandon Lee, whereas Rufus Sewell's, like, there's this weird theatricality. There's something so interesting about him. It kind of works with with these sets at many times looking like sets. I think that his performance enhances all of that, like, created aspect of this world.
3: Because that's the thing, isn't it? Isn't it? There, there are no locations, like everything mm. is <laughs> literally built for this and it's so perfectly crafted and also just upsetting, you know, like every room, every space, it's like it's mm. lit horribly and you guys mentioned how it's like slick and wet and grimy mm. There's no reprieve. You don't like enter a room and you're like, oh, this is a nice room. You know,
2: it's just, yeah. it's <laughs> just terrible room <laughs> to terrible room. James, you know? that was well, just the 1950s. Like you would have not mm. have done well in the 1950s. I don't think because you would have been like, oh, what's this room? Yeah, that is oh, like, I you just live here. have one
3: nice room you could visit on the weekend or. On I all thought this was like, nice.
2: Uh,
0: we talked a little oh. bit about this on uh, when we did our episode on the Truman Show. The the original script for the Truman Show was that the world of the TV series was like Dark City. Like, it was it was like a Manhattan, closed-in spaces, perennial nighttime, oh, really? lots of rain. And uh, Peter Weir, the director of that movie, was like, yeah, no one... First of all, no one would watch that if that was a TV show. And second of all... The guy would kill himself. Like, he'd hate living <laughs> there. So let's make it a nice world. So I kind of think it's insane that these aliens have just built the most fug-ugly piece-of-shit city <laughs> that they want yeah. their humans to live in.
3: And I guess that's the aspect of... Because what they're looking for at seems is the human soul to help them survive for some reason. And also they might be jellyfish. I'm not really sure. They don't explain it, which I think is good. So, yeah, I don't know. Are they doing the bare minimum? Is this what they think people like? Does it aid their experiment? Is it supposed to be intentionally confusing? Like, what have they done here?
0: Why is it like this? You could almost watch this. uh, To me, you could almost watch this as like a year one version of The Matrix, like Mm. prequel sort of film where Mm. it's like this is the first attempt at harvesting human beings for their energy or their life force. Kind of like Monsters, Inc. Like Monsters, Inc. Like yes. Monsters, Inc. And they haven't quite figured it out yet. And they don't really... They haven't figured out what it is about humans that gives them some sort of, you know, like, gro- like l- growth or can extend mm. their life. I, I think it's cool to watch this, you know, race of weird strangers struggling with how to survive. And they don't know what it is about humans that they need. It's... I don't know, dude, I really liked it. I, I, that's all I can say. I was yeah. like, I was all in. I
4: loved it. Oh yeah, I
3: should stress as well. Like, I do like this movie. Like, I say it's a horrible place, and I wouldn't want to uh, like live there. Yeah. And Jim mm. Carrey would have killed himself in it. You're right. Yeah, he probably would have. But but no, it is like it's great. Like it's rather. And I wasn't looking forward to because like to rewatching it because I'm like, oh, it's really grim, and like I don't really want to enter this <laughs> this mm-hmm. universe. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But but yeah, it re- very quickly like you know captures your attention.
1: I think, like, part of it so much is about, like, this world that Alex Prius has created. Like, it is so fucking fascinating to watch this movie, like, grapple with how to present, uh, like, the ideals of German expressionism and 1940s noir movies to a 1998 audience. I think that using those techniques, because, like, so much of this is... Truly, like, practical effects, in-camera effects, and in-camera, uh, like, world-building and creation. Like, everything is map paintings rather than digital paintings. Mm-hmm. And because it's an Australian-based production, it's fairly, like, you know, low-budget. So, everything has to come practicality, like, come from a practical side. I'm not saying mm-hmm. this is a low-budget movie. This is obviously, a, like, a huge movie, but... <laughs> If this was an American film made in America, it would be so much different to that. Like, it wouldn't have that same handcrafted quality that this film has. And I think so much of it is in how this kind of balances the line between feeling like a real place, like Dark City could be a real place beyond the mysteries and stuff, and it feeling like a created space as well. And when we start to feel this world become lean heavier into like the created aspect when you start seeing the city move around at nighttime and feel like the the strangers presence as they manipulate the world around them i think it has like this really harmonious feeling of it being a set built place and it being a real dark city that i find like just it nails it to the point where it is the entire aspect of this movie that makes it completely unique and completely exciting, and why someone like cam can like come in eight thirty a m and go, Oh shit, this is hmm. fucking amazing
0: yeah I mean i I will say the 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 location effects and maybe even the fact that I knew that it was filmed at Fox Studios, which is mm-hmm. <laughs> Our home turf
1: here, you know. Yeah, um,
0: our Hollywood.
1: Woo. Um, I yeah, was that's just where, literally where I went to uni, so I'm like, yeah, of course, dude. <laughs> so I feel true. my presence lurking
0: around. there. I got my first job after uni at Fox Studios. Um, while they were shooting, I what, they were shooting uh, the Wolverine and oh yeah, and then okay. Great Gatsby. So every day I would walk through the sets for those movies. It was pretty sick, but um. Yeah, I love it. I love looking at, like, a fully realized world that someone has somehow convinced a studio to give him, like, millions of dollars to build. I think it's so yeah. impressive. And, and you know, the there's elements of this movie that have since been either ripped off or were inspirations for things that... Uh, you know, Christopher Nolan has done with Inception and, mm-hmm. and the, the the freaking Doctor Strange movies have done. The idea of cityscapes moving around and buildings mm. morphing into other buildings, It's it feels like it comes from this, right?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I think you might be right. I mean, I think there's also talk of like, this inspired The Matrix and, you know, The Matrix ripped this off. And, you know, you've talked about this and me and Mason have talked about it extensively that... Like the the matrix ripped off like a bunch of things. Mm, yes. Yeah. But I think it's I don't think this is one of them. I think they're too close. Yeah, it's mm, too close. Together. But but yeah, in terms of influence after, absolutely. Like it didn't didn't do well, but like I'd imagine Christopher Nolan would have seen this movie, you know. Mm.
2: <laughs> it's yeah. it's got German expressionism, so he would have definitely <laughs> seen it. He would it. have seen <laughs> it. Yeah,
0: yeah, you're right about the it's too they would have already been heavily in pre-production mm. when this movie was Coming out for the Matrix, mm. but they did use some sets, right? S- yeah, that's funny mm. when you when you notice it too. Because I noticed it before I knew it. There's a few street sequences early on in this movie that I thought that looks like the phone booth from mm-hmm. that Trinity runs to, and then so I googled it and I'm like, oh, they reuse like ten sets from that movie because they even was like still the
1: Sydney style underground train station. I'm like, is that actually Museum Station or? Did they happen to both use a sa- the same set that both look like Museum Station?
0: I think they didn't actually film at Museum Station for The Matrix. They just modelled it on St James and Museum. Wow, because um, that's
1: in this movie too. Yeah. So it must just be the same leftover set.
0: And the rooftop sequence is uh, reused for Trinity's chase at the start of The Matrix and all that. Yeah, kind of stuff.
2: yeah, yeah. There's there's a very like they've both got a very similar like protagonist is pursued by. By uh by the the the, the villains and it and has to leap across the rooftops and I'm like that's oh this is didn't even make that connection as a yeah. kid that's 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 cool man
0: it's pretty fun <laughs> like all of like that's why it is kind of fun to kind of pretend it's like a weird prequel or something like an early version Matrix mm. you know 0. 0.0 or something it's pretty it's pretty fun
2: they should have added like Bella Lugosi Dracula's in there. Like to yes. keep people in line, just oh, and the Wolfman yeah. and so on yes. and so
1: forth. Well, we kind of mm. got four hundred of those Nosferatu's walking around this movie, <laughs> so it's not too far off. No, that's true. That is true. I love like how slick it looks, kind of looking like that. What who who did that painting? Nighthawks, yeah. The diner. It's got oh, a wow. Nighthawks vibe yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. Like just that. I think like the way that the like light reflects off like wet concrete and wet cement and wet brick. Just, Edward like, Hopper, that by the feeling. way. Oh, we love that Hopper. We love Hopper.
3: <laughs> That's the one where Elvis is playing pool with Sinatra and Marilyn Monroe, <laughs> serving
1: drinks or whatever. Yeah, is that and G- the JFK's the at the bar, and yeah. James <laughs> Dean's <laughs> hanging out with his jacket half on, half off. Yeah, we've guys, all got know. it. We've all got it.
2: Yeah, we've all got <laughs> it. I, guys, I don't know if you, I don't know, you know, we're all reeling in the wake of the death of Shane Warne, but I don't know if you've mm-hmm. seen the mural that he had commissioned, which is, <laughs> yeah. which That's is right. that turned up to one hundred, and it's just really, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like look, that, look oh, that up. Everyone's it's like, in it. Yeah, it's like a pool party and everybody's invited, and and Jack Nicholson is bringing in a big carton of VB yeah. to the pool party, and it's just and Angelina phenomenal. Jolie
0: is lying half naked on a pool <laughs> yeah. lounge and. Yeah, it's so good. And then good.
1: Shane Warne is like wearing Tarot Crash in the corner, smoking a huge <laughs> dory. It's awesome.
0: But
3: Jack Nicholson's alive. Like, what is? This? I'm just, I've just googled it. Sorry. Like, what is? I thought you were joking.
1: No, it's like heaven of the future. It's like, yeah, one oh, day heaven of the future. Be. Okay, yeah, that's how yeah. I interpret it.
0: Shane oh, Warne Yeah, I'm looking at it now as well. I love it. I think it's so ballsy. It's one of the great. <laughs> I mean, certainly
3: of
1: art, is. In my it's very
0: brave. I'll it's really
2: it brave.
0: Edward Hopper
2: wishes he could come up with something like this
0: (laughs) Uh, I love it Also there's like um, Bond era Sean Connery playing poker Yeah he's just (laughs) just
3: punching a dart in the background
1: I would God, love someone incredible. to do an update of that mural where everyone is the exact age that they were at the same time because it's like oh, you know yeah. all over the place. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's if like we've got old Sean Connery with old Jack Nicholson. Yeah, with that's weird because we've got year like old Angelina Jolie. We've got
0: about Schmidt era Jack Nicholson <laughs> next yeah. to next to 1962 JFK. It's really strange.
1: And about Schmidt-era Kathy Bates also topless in the pool. <laughs> hanging at that.
0: Yes, it's one of the f- sickest things ever, and that's an Edward Hopper original, I believe, just like <laughs> yep. Hawks. Mm-hmm.
1: Shall we talk about the strangers themselves? Because yes, I think yes. that they mm. are such like an interesting aspect to this movie that it sets them apart from a lot of like these either millennium mindfuck movies. James, what do you think about these little weird dudes?
3: Oh my god! I mean, incredible. Like upsetting to be in the same room as I. I, I when they're floating through the city because they. It's really like unnerving because they just float vertical. You mm. know, there's not like they're not like flying like Superman. They just like like rigid. And maybe that's also a limitation of they're probably puppets floating through a model. I assume like yeah. <laughs> I'd I'd imagine, but just yeah, everything about them is just. So upsetting, and th- it's not even like they're very good hand to hand, and you can, you know, you can get away with them if you can <laughs> run across a slick rooftop. But just, mm. <laughs> just this impending presence, and the fact that then one of them gets like the memories of a killer implanted, and adds a whole another layer to them. Yeah, they just, they just, yeah, just very upsetting to look at and to mm. and to be around. You know what I mean? And they don't really, I don't know they don't really offer any. <laughs> I don't know solutions or anything. You know, they don't really answer questions. It's just you know, you know, it's just. But they're I don't like (laughs) them.
0: I know you guys hate symbolism, but they are symbolic for oppression. Mm. They are oppressive, authoritarian. They are the government. They are the police. They are everything. Oh, that's you know? true. I, yeah, I guess. I guess
3: you could. You could read it like that. I guess. <laughs> I do you hate them. Now. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they are. They they do have jellyfish in their heads, yeah. which is symbolic yeah. of Shell Beach, which oh, is where he wants to go. Gosh. And but you can't oh, go folks. in the water because you because get stung jellyfish at Bondi Beach. One would assume,
1: mm. yeah. Where you I mean this live. is based on Sydney When I walk mm-hmm. out of the house I'm like Take me to Shell Beach Hang on a second no one knows where the <laughs> fuck it is no And I'm sitting here with this dark little hellhole Yuck oh, But this
0: city wasn't built for public transport That's one thing that Melbourne does way better than <laughs> us you know? Thank it's you true. It's true. I bet it's
2: the trim. coffee is bad in Dark City as well Yeah, oh, yeah. Melbourne sucks. does
0: really great coffee Um. Yeah. Mm. The Sydney. only city
2: that does Yeah <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: true. That's true. It's the most European city of Australia. I
2: think so. Yeah. 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 Sydney the darkest city in Australia. Yeah. I'd say. Ooh, yeah, city. definitely. Couldn't yeah. have filmed this movie in Melbourne, could you? No they'd way. No, they have to no. They have to call it cool artistic city. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> they'd go running down an alleyway and then they'd stop to pop into a little like cool clothing store or Yeah, 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 yeah you know, like a pop-up, up pop-up art
2: gallery or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man.
0: You wouldn't even need to shift. You wouldn't need to
3: shift the city because you're always exploring new things. Yeah, and ideas, that is you know so I mean? true. That's that is true. So the true.
1: city changes around you regardless, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I love these freaking look of these strangers. I love mm. that they're all just like these Aussie actors mm, as well. Yeah. Yes, proya said that he based the appearance of them. On Richard O'Brien, who is, like, the lead Mr. Hand of these strangers. Yeah. Um, who's best known as playing Riff Raff in mm. the Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> so, when he's writing the script, he's watching Rocky Horror going, like, that's the freaking guy. That's the guy. I want that's them all the to guy. look like that weird guy.
4: Yeah, and right. And then
1: they basically do. They all look like this weird little guy. I love that they're all... Like, I think it would be simple, and this is something that Preuss has done since. He made this movie that I watched this morning. This is what I did at 8.30am. He made a short film this year or last year set in the Dark City universe. Oh, what? Um, What? And it's on his website called Vidiverse, which is a streaming site that you can subscribe to for short films, where, like, filmmakers can put their short films up there and submit them. And it's like a subscription service. It's pretty cool. There's some really cool short films on there. Um, it's like more filmmaker-based. Um, but in this short film, what he has is he has one actor who's best known for playing the Xenomorphs in the new Prometheus Alien movies. Um, uh-huh. who has got like a very much a Bruce Spence look about him, Australian actor as well, who uh, he plays all the stranger types. But they've got long hair now, so bald head.
3: Uh-huh. They've evolved.
2: They've been in in the pandemic. They've been in quarantine, you know. It's called Mask Mask Mm. of the
0: Evil Apparition. I'm looking at it now. Yeah, far out. It's pretty cool. That's cool. Because he
1: made it all in his studio in Sydney that he set up over the last few years. But it's interesting to go watch that and see the strangers have evolved to, like, be all identical. Whereas in Dark City, what I find fascinating is that they all have the same look. Like, you would describe them all as, like, Mm. the same person. But... They all look so individually unique amongst them. Like there's a kid yeah. one. There's like one that could be a female. There is like all this weirdness around them. Kind of like Hellraiser, how the mm. Cenobites have like different artistic styles like different like I guess fetishes. If you're a, if you're a, a Hellraiser, but I think that's the thing I love most about them is that they are a unique. Individual design But there's like All these little Different aspects To each one well, it's That a, I think Creates a great story Within
0: the lore Of the movie They are Corpses of Deceased humans That have been uh, Occupied yes. by these Jellyfish aliens Which is sick Great idea um, But I think I'd argue that The reason you love them So much Alexi Is because One of your favourite Comedians of all time <laughs> Paul Livingston A.K.A. <laughs> Flacco <laughs> plays Plays one of these fucking guys.
1: Yeah, that's crazy. When I watched this movie, this time was the first time I noticed that Flacco is an iconic Australian comedic character that I'm fascinated by because explain, he was a mainstream it. success. <laughs> this is mm. a character in this country that was a huge mainstream success, like up there with like the a, most famous comedians. Like to ever. compare
0: to like a to uh, for overseas audiences, kind of like a Mr Bean or a yeah. Pee Wee mm. Herman. Yeah, all, yes. absolutely. Something yeah. like Joe that Rogan. Which... <laughs> yeah. Joe oh, yeah. All the, yeah. Great, all the great comedy Jerry Seinfeld. Someone Chris who's Rock, like, he's like that. It's like and, a, a hyper stylized yeah. comedy character mm-hmm. from sketches that somehow mm-hmm. became. Popular on television,
1: like my parents liked him, and it's just so, so weird. He's this little weird alien, mm. bald head, drawn a big fat black curl on his head, and he wears like gothic clothing, almost like Renaissance era types, Renaissance fair type stuff, like a Shakespearean yeah. type character. And and his Very whole deal, no and
2: his and his whole deal was kind of like. He was making observations about the world, but he about didn't her. understand what he was. Yeah. Yes. What he he didn't understand the world, so I was like he was kind of like this alien outsider character, and that's uh-huh. and, and people are like oh yeah yeah yeah, but like and again it's and then he, so weird and right? then he's got a role in it that I was amazed when he pointed this out, and I'm like, no no Alexi's just seeing a lot of Alexi's seeing fifty Flackos in this. Yeah, everyone looks like Flacco, but the, everyone but again, looks it's, like Flacco, yeah, but this it's movie. wild that the like. And he would have come to set and they would have been like, and he would, the same thing. He would have been like, he would be like, where's
0: oh, the you, makeup you... trailer? And they're yeah. like, oh, don't worry. You can go straight <laughs> yeah, no, through. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they have, He has to
1: go to makeup so they can cover up the black girl <laughs> that he's got tattooed yeah, on his head. But, yeah. but oh, it's so man. weird because everyone looks like Flacco. I'm watching the movie and I'm going, man, everyone looks like Flacco, especially that guy. Hang on a <laughs> sec. That's Flacco. That's Paul Livingston.
0: It is really strange. I mean, for anyone who's from an uh, you know, an overseas listener and you feel like researching Flacco, I guarantee you you will not laugh at any of the jokes. <laughs> oh you no, see you won't do yeah. um, and, and
3: maybe he's standing with the Sandman and you're like, What's this dynamic? It's not the Sandman you think, and it's also not the next one that you think. Like, it's a few Sandmen (laughs) down, you know? And
0: honestly, we don't have time to explain what the Sandman is
1: (laughs) or anything like that, but they were both... I'm sorry,
3: I should not have brought it up. Yeah, Yeah. I I
1: apologise. But there there was was one point in time where there were the two most famous comedians in this country. Pretty much. (laughs) And they could not be more of an alternative act that you've ever seen, and they used to host TV shows together.
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. and one of them was on Triple J, like the radio station here, like... Hosting did,
1: drive or something.
2: It was bizarre.
1: <laughs> Truly, and such sand, a bizarre time.
2: Sand is what you might find at shell beach. Yeah, yeah, now
0: you, might. you thank you for bringing us back
4: to
1: you thank you. Imagine for if us back imagine to the if, the if they were all the Sandman. <laughs> each one I mean, yeah, is a Sandman. That's something. <laughs> and they're all drolly communicating to each other. <laughs> I felt um, with this whole idea of
0: uh, he's got this memory of home, he's got this memory mm. of a place called Shell Beach that he's trying to get to, and the big kind of twist or reveal is that it's not, it doesn't exist. You know, he reaches the end of the line and it's literally like
4: a wall.
0: I, I, mm. I got that same feeling I got in the Truman Show. I found it incredibly like. Moving and sad and the idea that this guy had a lifelong quest that just was impossible. There was no... Mm. There, there is no happy ending to this movie apart from the fact no. that he becomes God, I guess, at
1: the end. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. And it's, a, it's, I, it's, I guess it's that's good. Yeah. To have the Bruce Almighty effect. <laughs> yeah. To go and from it's... Truman Show to Bruce Almighty, that's quite enough.
3: <laughs> yeah. But then... But also, you're a very, very specific God on a spaceship hurtling...
0: Yeah. Who knows where? Who knows? You know, where. we
3: don't I know they've talked about a sequel and how like it would be interesting to revisit the Rufus Sewell character and like what does that do to a person yeah, <laughs> eventually. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not gonna be good long term. It's like know? And it's interesting
2: as well it's interesting as well that um I think I think you know, guys, you couldn't make a movie like this now, I'll tell you that much. No, no, but no, uh, of course not. if if you were to do that, I feel like there would a hundred percent be a studio note of like everybody has to get their original memories back. Yeah. Like there'd have to be a scene where everybody in the city wakes up and goes, "Oh my god, I was I was, I used to be a painter or whatever and I I but th- this is the 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 ending of this is really just like whatever you the last thing you got imprinted with is who, That's you, who are you are now. That's like who you are, I don't yeah. know, maybe we maybe they could fix it, I don't know, but it's just like, okay, well he's John Murdoch now. He wasn't originally, but this is what he's stuck with. So Yeah. And you're lucky
1: that you're married to Jennifer Connelly, dude. So lap it up. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) If
2: they made it now,
1: there'd be a
0: scene. There'd be a captain that he awakens. Like Colin Friel would be like a former pilot or something, and his (laughs) final scene would be going into like the, the like deck of the spaceship and setting the coordinates for Earth. Yeah. Right. uh Oh yeah, that's true. That would be the final. What are we we going? We gotta
4: Earth.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. I think the thing that kind of like why Dark City really sits so nicely in the build up of what we've been doing this mini series is there's a few movies that we've covered that are before it like Twelve Monkeys and of course the End of Days, uh, End of Days of <laughs> course Strange Days all the Days pictures they yeah. all kind of come before Garage you Days the Darkness of Dark Garage City. Days <laughs> Driving meant- his Days Zizi. <laughs>
0: Days of Our Lives, the entire series. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: most of the series is set before Dark City, I would presume. But I think (laughs) that Dark City is the first one, like, in the linear way these movies come out and this genre cycle builds that is so proposed on... uh, philosophical premise like hitting on that idea of like plato's cave where it's all these like people chained up they only can see one wall of a cave that's the entire reality and they can only interpret shadows that are being like printed onto that wall and how they interpret that as their reality but if you turn around shit's crazy you don't know what the real (laughs) life is i think this is the first one where it's like it takes a philosophical premise like that and it takes like this nature versus nurture premise of going, are you more than the sum of your memories? And I think merging them together, I would say this is the very first true entry in Millennium Mindfuck. Yeah, I think And you're that's right. why I think... It's so good that we're closing things out by going back and going, like, yeah, actually, this is the freaking starting point of this weird genre cycle. So
0: true. Yeah. It's that, the, you know, not only that, but it's like, what makes you a human? Is it your mm. memories? Is it your experiences? Or is it something undefinable? It's not up here. You're searching in that. the wrong place. <laughs> it's not yeah. a jellyfish. It's not brother. a jellyfish. Yeah. It's something it's the deeper. soul. It's a human soul. You know, like, mm. I love that all at the end of the day. Day, all these wacky sci fi, you know, mind bending movies come down to, yeah, look, we have souls. And that's mm. what makes us cool.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not just good, cool. Cool as That's fuck. why we're cool.
1: That's what makes us cool <laughs> as fucking hell. That's why they should call this dark, cool city, I reckon. Yeah, hell yeah, yeah. Right. Cool yeah. yeah. Cool world. <laughs> we should have done Cool World. We should have done Cool World on this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> should we get into our Oscars categories? Should we yes. give some Academy Awards to some beautiful performances in this yes, please. movie? Absolutely. We're going to give away mm-hmm. our first Oscar for Best Character Actor at Cameron. There's lots of great character actors in this movie, but what should we give it to? God, I can't remember who we decided on. Do you remember? Oh, well, I'll say it. <laughs> okay. Then we decided that we'll give it to every Australian that appears in this movie. <laughs> oh, absolutely yes, stacked, yes, mate! Yes, yeah, yes, yes, yes. Uh, Melissa George. Oh my God, Melissa George. Yeah, tell me about Melissa George in this movie. She rocks in it.
3: I mean, she's barely in it, but yeah. And also, this was this must have been fresh off Home and Away, mm-hmm. you know. Mm. And she's recently been in both versions of the Slap. I think Is I she think in both. So. She's yeah.
1: in Triangle She's in freaking um, In Treatment She's mm-hmm. such a good yeah, actor Yeah, Mosquito Coast for,
0: 40 Days of Night Also, That's we've, uh, we've oh, talked about Melissa George already On this miniseries in Mulholland Drive mm. uh, Of course Yes, yes, yes She has a part in that mm. um, uh, David Wenham pops up in this movie Yeah, for a second yeah. He's in there he's,
1: he's basically standing next to Flacco Yeah, yeah Yes, yeah. it is Oh, going to be a fly <laughs> on the wall Of David Wenham is- and Flacco Hacking out
3: <laughs> Is this pre-Diver Dan?
1: Is this around Diver Dan? I think Diver yeah. Dan's Diver around Dan, this time. Yeah. Who also, like for boys,
0: international the- character uh, listeners, Diver Dan is also one of the most famous comedy characters um, yeah. in Australia.
1: <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> he was from an Australian soap opera called Sea Change, which <laughs> sea is Change, one of my favorite yeah. shows. Ever, and then and he, he was just hosted a hot ass hunk. He
0: hosted TV shows
1: after that and stuff like that. Let's dive it in. There's so many Colin Freels. <laughs> I love Colin Freels Yeah. Oh God. Yeah, yeah, Colin yeah, Freels, yeah. He's a hunk. He's married to freaking Judy Davis. He's one of my favorite actors. Yeah. He's and I love his New York accent in this movie. Yeah, it's good. Mm. I,
0: and I, I love Bruce Spence. I just I'm a mm. sucker for him. Anytime he pops up, I'm very happy. Mm-hmm. I love that guy.
2: And uh, the, load, the, the, load. Per, the one that jumped out to me was Nicholas Bell, who uh, is, like, <gasps> t- TV guy. Uh, he, was in, mm-hmm. he was in the Games, which was that Olympic Games, yeah, uh, oh, yes. s- yeah. Sydney Olympic right, Games yeah. parody, show. satire, show. Uh, he, was, he was Zordon in Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie. Oh, shit.
1: <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Zordon. Yes. Uh, he, he
2: was in a cr- but he wasn't ori- original Zordon? <laughs> no. No, he was not original Zordon. He's just in the movie. That is something else. That's oh, so good. Yeah, but just just a million things. He was in Ned Kelly, I think. He's in, you know, yeah. just he's around, and then he's in just...
3: Reckless. He was in Reckless
2: Kelly. No, he's in yeah. Ned Kelly. I don't know if he's in Reckless Kelly. He should in have Reckless
3: been Reckless Kelly. Did you
2: say? Yeah, he's in Reckless <laughs> Kelly, James. Can we
1: move? <laughs> the on? The guy is officially in Reckless <laughs> Kelly. There's one guy I want to give a shout out to, Alan Sinus, who plays the cop in the automat store with like oh, yep. the little the nightstick. He is best known in this country for playing the R rating. It's symbolism. I hate to say it, but in our uh, in our little ads that would play in front of VHS and DVD tapes, explaining what the Australian uh, right somebody covering his kid's eyes. Yeah, yeah, he's the guy covering the kid's eyes. All the no kidding, that's him. That's him. He's the guy wearing the big R T shirt. That's so funny. His son. Went to my primary school. we were in the same year, and he plays G- the G rating, the general rating <laughs> in that. Oh <laughs> wow! In that, really? Yes, I've you know he was around my school a lot. That's and DVD became, royalty. Yeah, absolutely. That's why I've got mm. a lot of DVD memories. I was immersed in it before they even existed. Mm. Um, but and, in, and the and the mum like a greens member for oh, well. like my neighbourhood, and I think he still is like the greens member. Wow, what, a, so what a what a
2: success story. Yeah. And the mom in, and the mom in those um ratings ads, Megan Gale. Wow. <laughs> no, not really, just kidding. Just me- wow. just messing about. Just and messing the team about. brother was reckless Kelly. What
0: the oh hell? my god. <laughs> what? That's your
1: <laughs> Yeah. And did you know the little sister? That's Flacco. No. <laughs> you have to be kidding at this point. <laughs> I am being completely serious. Wow.
0: <laughs> Awesome Hey we got to give another award out We want to give uh, This one's a bit of a special Oscar We want to give an Oscar to The actor who has stood uh, Longingly and sadly At the end of a pier In the most movies In both a symbolic and literal sense And that is of course Mm -hmm. Jennifer Connelly She's done it again. She's done it wow.
1: again. <laughs> Congratulations! This is a second Academy Award for Jennifer Connelly. She previously won for A Beautiful Mind. Yeah, so Beautiful. she's
0: uh, she does this. This is like an image that recurs through the film, where he has this memory of Shell Beach and of a pier overlooking the water. And as it recurs, we start to see a girl standing at the end of the pier. And finally, that
1: image comes and this to time, life. The pier is a P E. Er, appear A fellow cast member Of the show That's
0: true And uh, he's he finally sees her At the end of the Peer at the end of the movie And it sort of like Brings the movie full circle And as we were watching it We were thinking That looks familiar Oh mm-hmm. the exact same trope And actor Was used in
1: Requiem for a Dream Yeah and also the House of Sand and Fog, the same imagery, the same thing. They're all shot exactly it's the same thing. It's all Jennifer way.
0: Connolly, all standing at the end of a pier, and it all symbolizes, like, hope or the future
1: or what's next. I didn't even mm. notice this until this morning, by chance, our friend David Alat from mm. Finding Drago and Finding Desperado... Uh, he messaged us because he was Coincidentally watching House of Sand and Fog He goes, hey I just saw this It's kind of like Requiem for a Dream And then Dark City as well <laughs> Like, What the fuck, that's crazy Really weird, really weird So good on you Jen
0: And uh, we hope he gets to do it again in future Maybe in the Morbius universe or something like that <laughs>
3: <laughs> Oh the dream Yeah, well she, she is in the MCU She's the voice of Spider-Man's suit but they <gasps> threw out that suit, I think. No. I oh. But <laughs> no, no in, don't do that to Jennifer um, Connelly.
2: She's the Hulk's wife. Right,
3: but well, yeah, not not a not a not not current Hulk.
1: Yeah, right. Eric okay, Banner sure. Hulk. But yeah, you're right. Yeah, Aussie Hulk.
2: Oh no no, Aussie isn't Hulk, she? Yeah. Isn't she also Edward Norton Hulk's wife? No, that's Liv Tyler. Oh, no, that's uh, Liv Tyler. Oh,
1: right. Okay, never mind then. But she could also stand longingly from a pier. She's the <laughs> only other actress I would believe. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> could pull that off. <laughs> to be honest, she's
0: going to be in the new Top Gun movie. Maybe she's maybe she stands at the end of a pier in that, or perhaps yeah. Or, yeah. the end or or of like, the end of one of those yeah, boats battleship. that. Are yeah,
4: on <laughs>
2: oh, yeah the big ones that fly planes are on. It's a tough life being the wife of a man <laughs> who flies planes off the boat that planes are on. <laughs> so sometimes I just stand out here and I stare into the water.
1: <laughs> Love, it. Well, Love it. She's great. She's peerless, I'd say, yeah, as far as acting absolutely. goes. She's one of the greats. Absolutely. But as far as also Very acting good. goes, she's one of the most peerful actors that there is. There it is. Yeah, mm. she loves them, dude. Um. We okay. Let's get into our total reboot segment. How the frick would we make Dark City twenty twenty two? I'd start with nice. a short film
2: on uh, Alex Prius's website, probably. His, VidiVerse. His vid- That's vidiverse probably the way. Yeah. Probably do Go that. To VidiVerse.
1: Yeah. I reckon it would be awesome if there was like a full feature on VidiVerse of like what he would do now.
2: Do you think? Uh, do you think people would want a sequel now? Do you think there's enough of a? Do you think a sequel could conceivably be greenlit? Considering how poorly it did in the nineties, yeah, 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 right. (laughs) Uh Just checking, just just putting some feelers out, all right, guys. All right,
3: (laughs) like a dark city legacy. Well, I did actually see that they he's been trying to get a series off the ground, Mm. Uh, but I don't know what what (laughs) where where that could exist. I mean. Also, there's multiple streaming services and, you know, they're like, hey, Willow's coming back. And it's like, is it? Why? Okay. Yeah, why? So, (laughs) I I, I mean, I could see it being like a limited series somewhere that nobody watches.
1: Like that (laughs) Dark Crystal series on Netflix? Exactly, yeah. It totally could, like, come about where they go... Yeah, we're putting seven billion dollars into <laughs> yeah, resurrecting yeah, Dark City, yeah. a true cult movie that only Greek Australian people <laughs> cherish.
2: I mean, it's such yeah. a complete—it's such a complete package in the sense mm. that I don't—I don't want a sequel. No, I don't. want to know what the, happens to Rufus Sewell yeah, in twenty it, years. I don't, time. I don't no. you know, and I think you know. Despite d- b- beside the box office bombing, I think that's probably the reason they what didn't want to touch it for so long. Um, I. I wonder if the thought has crossed anybody's mind for like a like a pandemic dark city, like a like a new uh, version where it's like everybody's stuck in their houses. But how long have they been stuck in their houses? Mm, and like mm, and like mm. why 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 are we all in the house? I can't remember. And then it's like, but then then it takes one brave Rufus Sewell kind of character yes. to be like, I'm busting out of here. That would that would get a, that would be very yeah. current, and it would also like. You know, you get some dollars from that anti lockdown crowd who th- they
1: want to just yes. They want they oh, yeah. want they want to break Don't throw free. Money at and, yeah. yeah. Well, um, they go uh, to the movies, no problem. Yeah, so that, yeah. That's that's <laughs> what you got to make movies for. Yeah. I think that would be cool if we go Dark City. But instead of it being like a noir movie, we go like melodrama, 1950s melodrama, where there's like a family dynamic that we're focused on. Going like, okay, but they, was this person your sister yesterday or you just oh, like invented yeah. the memory of who your sister was? <laughs> yeah. And the- we get the, the ratings classification family. <laughs> yes. The guy I went to you <laughs> with, that's the family. <laughs>
2: Except the, the the sister is Flacco. Just inexplicably <laughs> flacker in the in this in the stranger costume, and there's just a there's just a slow pan to him every couple of
1: scenes. And you're like, oh. Yeah, Sandman's <laughs> He's playing the frickin' grandpa or something. It's kind of like the monsters. Mm.
3: I feel like worst case scenario would be that they if they matrix ford this. And you take away Rufus Sewell's memories that he wakes wow. up again and oh he has to God. remember like, what, where's, what's happening again? You know, because they, uh. they're like, well, a lot of people might not remember the first one so we can, we can soft reboot that and by that we mean make it literally we'll do again. It again. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah.
1: yeah. I feel like of, that's like, what they do. Warner Brothers out loud in the movie, he has to say Screen Australia or yeah.
0: Australian <laughs> Film <Yes>, Fund. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we've tapped into like a real thing which is that this movie does not, dem- even though there's options for future stories in this world we don't need them because it does close no. itself off and i've said this before about the matrix that the way the first film ends is should be the end mm-hmm. <laughs> and i don't we don't need mm-hmm. the future sequels because there's no further questions about the philosophy of it all it just becomes yeah but what happens to the people in Zion Do they need to go to battle And um, who's going to be the Prime Minister of Zion And <laughs> stuff like that <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to be the General of the Army in Zion Like it's all bullshit <laughs> We don't care We've, it, It's just one extrapolated philosophical quandary The Plato's Cave thing or whatever And then it gets a nice resolution That's melancholy And that's it mm. We don't We don't need more Wow. So, thank Mm. you, Alex Proyas, for making a short film. Maybe I'll watch it, but I don't want to see any more features of it. Thank you.
1: Well, on behalf of Alex Proyas and the Greek community of Sydney, I accept that. Thank you, Cameron. And I return her your welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Cheers. Guys, thanks so much for joining us to talk about freaking Dark City. Do you have any final thoughts, anything you need to get off your chest about the strangers? William Hurts, rest in peace performance. Mm, Kiefer Subland's yeah. fucked up little head and the weirdest performance <laughs> that I think sucks. I think he's really bad at this movie. <laughs> mm.
3: Yeah, he's not good, is he? I, I yeah, that was one thing that did stick with me. It's like this is a, this is miscast. I, I think yeah. he
2: was I, I reckon he was told it was like a nineteen thirties, forties noir kind of thing, and he went like What's the weirdest caricature? Like Peter Lorre is like the yes. like the most memorable, I think, like actor from that era. And he just went, "I'll just absolutely. do a, I'll just do a like that, but
3: 2.11, mm. And he was, yeah,
1: yeah,
3: just Renfielding it up, mate.
1: Yeah, so funny, Renfield. It's so funny to go like we've got a Peter Lorre type. Who we're gonna get? Oh, one of the hottest hunks of this era, Julia Roberts' boyfriend. Yeah, let's get him
3: absolutely. Let's get the star of Young Guns 1 and
1: maybe Young Guns 2. And
3: also maybe the Three Musketeers, maybe. The one with Chris O'Donnell.
1: Man, Chris O'Donnell would have rocked in that role, actually. Ah, would he ever. Yeah. Well, guys, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. We love having you on. We love freaking talking about movies with you guys. Of course, you've got the Weekly Planet, one of the best podcasts about pop culture going around. Are there any other things you guys want to pl- plug away on the show? Ooh. Mason?
2: Uh, not really. I've I've just discovered that Garage Days is on Disney Plus, so I'm probably <gasps> just going to watch that. What? Straight up. Yeah, uh, okay. That might uh, be and, and my afternoon too. See if I can track too. down Cam. Do, uh, do you look you look any different, Cam? In the I probably look, no beard in two thousand. I look
0: identical because I um tr- I did travel back in time from this timeline
2: <laughs> to wow. appear in Garage Days. Wow, that's amazing! Twelve yeah. monkeys did. Oh, yeah, yeah. twelve Jeez. monkeys did.
0: So it's pretty mm. exciting.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, we've got a, we've got a podcast called The Weekly Planet, as you mentioned, Alexi, uh, where we talk about pop culture. I mean, we don't really talk about movies because you guys have sort of covered that that's avenue. Awesome. But maybe, yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe I mean, you know, maybe one day. But uh, yeah. otherwise, yeah. we talk about we talk about TV shows and comic books and, and video games and stuff. So that's you know a bit of fun, a bit of fun over there. It's pretty good, That's it. And so, we yeah. have
3: a, a YouTube channel where we just. Also do this a similar thing, but there's images, all sorts of uh, various visual imagery, imagery accompanying the things that we say.
2: Mm. But no metaphors. There'll be. There's no metaphors. No, there's no not a single metaphor. Yeah. No yeah. symbolism.
3: We had to fire a bunch of editors who <laughs> snuck in some metaphors. Like it wasn't pretty. <laughs> uh, but well, that's what you got to do. You got to, you know, we've got a particular brand, and that's what we yeah. stick to. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Mm. You guys are very. Well, you
1: very, very brave for that. Mm, mm. A lot of people like us cop out and put symbolism and yeah. mention symbolism yeah. at you guys. That's why we respect you. Yeah, we really <laughs> <do>. <laughs> Thank you.
0: We have s- nothing but admiration for you guys and the uh, content that you provide.
2: That's <laughs> right. Producing content in this day and age is yeah. very brave, I think. In these
0: unprecedented yeah.
1: times, it's actually really brave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, you're just sitting there being accused of murders if you don't have other things to <laughs> occupy your thoughts. So, that's why we've got to do it.
2: Have you uh I mean if you are bored, have you considered sitting on your hand for a while until okay, it goes? Okay. Now that's just really, <laughs> really. Nah, think about it. Come on guys, come on, go on. Okay, have I'll fun. think
1: about it and I'll test it out, see what happens, okay? <laughs> yeah. My hand might get a mind of its freaking own if that happens.
2: Thanks so much for joining us, guys. You're very welcome. Glad to be here, very happy to be here. Thank An
0: you honor. so much for having us. And we'll see oh, wow. you
1: in Dark City. <laughs> Yep, <laughs> So good to have the Weekly Planet boys back on the podcast Always so much fun talking about movies with them Cam, you have just kicked off your Melbourne Comedy Festival run How's it going, dude? Oh,
0: I love it, I love this city As we talked about on the episode This city <laughs> could never be Dark City It's too no. beautiful, the coffee's too good And the alleyways mm-hmm. are too trendy and enticing yes.
1: They're not slick enough like we've got them up here in
0: Sydney <laughs> No, I'm having a good time If you're in Melbourne or around melbourne i'd love it if you'd come and check out the shows i'm on uh every night till the 24th of april at comedy republic doing my show electric dreams
1: i'm having so much fun it's a blast it's so good i can't wait to see it when you bring it up to sydney later in may i believe oh yes may the fourth be with you <laughs> that's something i have just thought of that is really funny it reminds me of Star Wars so you know a big fat nerd like me I'm gonna love a show from a fella like you and just to Uh, be clear I'm not on May the 4th
0: but (laughs) I I just can't remember what date it is
1: sometime in May sometime well lucky because I celebrate May the 4th I'll be out there with all my buddies watching The Rise of Skywalker my favourite fucking movie I've ever seen (laughs) Uh, yeah it's gonna be so good me and all my buds Uh, in the meantime if you wanna hear more from us we are continuing the Millennium Mind fuck over on the Patreon at the moment with just a couple of extra bonus episodes. What we've done is we both have picked a movie that we weirdly love that fits into this that neither of us have seen before that we wanted to share with each other, force each other to watch. I have picked Simone and Cameron has picked the 13th floor. Yep. So those are the next two episodes over at the the Patreon, patreon.com slash reboot. And then also next week on the podcast, we're going to wrap things up for the Millennium Mindfuck. We're going to be talking through the themes, the ideas, the other movies that we didn't get to talking about and digressing over what the frick was going on <laughs> back at the Y2K. And we'll also be announcing what our next mini series will be. And it is yet to be decided. So... <laughs> I'm sure it'll be cool, but I cannot... We do have a list.
0: We have a list (laughs) of ideas. We just can't decide which one yet.
1: Yeah, exactly. But it is sure to be picked very soon.
0: In the meantime, chill out and enjoy the few days you have off without our goddamn voices in your ears for once, you know. Maybe listen to some other voices Like, I don't yeah. know like frickin- Weekly Planet guys yeah, those Listen to guys, their podcast <laughs> Listen to those guys or
1: Maybe put on some music or something Yes, of course Music, of course One of the sweetest sounds The body can produce Or
0: even You could listen to the stand-up comedy Of Mr. Flacco
1: Yeah, okay I wonder- actually wonder if he's got albums
4: Oh my god <laughs>